you are listening to life. That's it. You are listening to Life, That's It. My name is Rene Dongo, and welcome to the third episode of this program, and it's all about luck. Today is Friday the 13th, and what better time to talk about luck, bad luck, and everything in between. So it's time to slap a cat, smash a mirror, and rock a hat with a miniature ladder on it um, so that you can totally embrace what this episode is about. Um, Do you consider yourself lucky? Well, do you, punk? And that's the kind of the premise of this. Uh, we're talking about luck. So if you've ever felt like you've had a perfect day where you find maybe a $20 bill on the floor and everything's amazing, or on the flip side, maybe you're just not into this. You're over it. You're done. Maybe life is throwing oil spills and banana splits in your path and it's just too much to handle. So let's start. This show is about storytelling, and honestly, it's about me learning how to tell stories through audio. And there's three parts to this show. There's the first part, which is the interview. This is typically me talking to somebody and having a kind of in-depth conversation. The second part is a radio drama. The third part is a radio documentary, and that is a profile of somebody that I know or a moment in time, and that is at the end of the program, part three. So... Let's start up with part one. This right here is an interview that I did a little while back, but I think it's really great to play right now. Chimichanga. Chimichanga. That right there is Corey DePina. He's the youth development and performance manager at Zoomix in East Boston. He's a super nice guy, and uh, he works a lot with young people and teaching artists, as well as being uh, an MC himself. Broke all right, Renee. all right. So, Corey, um, what's my motivation? Your motivation is um, honestly just talking to me. Got you. That's all it is. Real deal, um, Corey. Straight up talking to Renee. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Um, so, on this episode, I'm kind of focusing. I'm just focusing on the idea of luck. There's no differential between bad or good luck. It's just luck. So you might have bad luck. Or you might have good luck, but we're talking about the essence of being at a place at a time where consequence or situations and then some type of result that then forms for that person as an experience of either good or bad luck. Right. Right. So then when you're asking somebody like me, I believe that my whole life and my whole essence and being has been lucky very lucky there are very little things in my life that i'm not happy with uh for me it goes back to like what you put out is what you get or what you allow yourself to receive is what you get so it's it's up there with karma it's up there with like reactions to, to actions it's up there with like destiny and faith I grew up in Roxbury. I grew up in a household uh, full of my family members. My mom and dad would work, so grandma and grandpa took care of everybody in the house. And it was cousins in the second floor, cousins in the third floor, and you live in the first floor. So I grew up in a kind of a chaotic home in the middle of an urban environment, um, which then, I don't know, I would, I would say that that also gave into the idea of like adventure and, and luck. It's just, uh, it's interesting to think about what type of role luck may have played 
uh, in growing up and when growing up and the idea of like, how many opportunities did I leave open for luck to walk in as opposed to never going out to create those opportunities? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And maybe because I've had so many experiences where I went out and left the door open for luck and luck walked in that I've begun to trust that. I've been a very lucky person throughout my whole life. Lucky to find love, lucky to do a job that I really love and that I really care about, lucky to fulfill myself as an artist, lucky to be able to make a living as an artist, um, lucky to be able to surround myself with friends and people who I really value and support and trust. And I speak a lot of things in my life into existence and I think that that's also like lucky. Like I, I'll see something that I want and I'll, I'll talk about that thing and I'll, I'll work towards that thing. I'll, I'll be around people who have that thing. And I think all of that adds up to some type of lucky thing. Uh, the question is whether it's good or bad luck. You know, even with the, even with the bad, there's always some type of understanding of like good. You know, you might fail, but you learn from every, from your failure also. Uh, so deep down inside, it's really hard for me to find a superstition. I just feel like I yeah. live my, my whole life based off of like following and being that luck. It's just a coincidence. That's just a coincidence. It's not luck. There's always that kind of other side to it where they go, ah, you know, this luck isn't real. I, I want to say that it's almost like the wind blows. Right, the wind blows you into a direction. Then, because the wind blew that direction, you landed on that island, and because you landed on that island, you found that fruit, and because you found that fruit, you got that nutrition. And so, like, I feel like it's all kind of luck, but it has to do with the idea of accepting it and being open to it. If you if you're like, oh, it's not luck, it's just coincidence, then. Um, it doesn't really open you up in the future for many experiences that are lucky. You didn't want to like rationalize all the other experiences for it to be coincidence. You work a lot with young people. And I also am curious about, um, you must meet a ton of kids who are also super depressed. Um, they get to points where Luck is not on their side. What do you say to these guys or these gals who who feel like that? Well, I really think that it's more than just saying. So the idea that um, happiness plays a role in that stuff. So, for instance, um, I could be upset and mad and feel really unlucky that I failed this school term. And I can dwell in that world of, you know, hate, fear, and depression for a day, for an hour, for a month, for six months, and help it make decisions in my life. Or I could spend the same amount of time that I would spend being sad thinking about what are the good things about that opportunity. The fact that maybe I could start over again or pick a different class or see what it is that allowed me to get an F and be able to change that F into an A. Um, 
you can kind of make your luck is what I'm saying. The idea that you think the world's against you and no one understands or no one's going to listen or that, that you have no control. You ultimately have control in how you uh, decide and choose to let things affect you. Um, I learned at a young age that I can always choose to be happy despite the ugly situations or circumstances around me. And in answering your question, if a young person or if an old person, anybody is in a position where they don't feel strong enough to be able to try something and to test luck and to see the potential that they have as creative beings who can have faith, I would then offer myself and say, how can I help you? How can I bring you to a place where we can try this? Um, similar to the way a person would drive somebody to a location, I might have to drive. Or similar to the way somebody might get in the water and physically hold your body up to teach you how to swim, I might step in the water and physically hold somebody up and teach them how to swim. So the idea is to share my experience, but then also offer myself as somebody who can then help, which is then forms this relationship with these young people where they trust and love me because I've said to myself, I am no better than you are at your worst, but together we can be happy and we can work towards something together that will make us happy despite what's going on outside, despite how sick we may be inside, despite what's gender, sexuality, age, race, weight, whatever it is, I, I knocked my own chip off my own shoulder and meet that person where they're at and say, well, let me share my story of luck. Let me show you how I've, you know, ha helped somebody and how somebody helped me. I really believe that it's a balance of, you know, physical, emotional, emotional um, chemistry within your body that helps then create this vibration that the world then responds to. Um, one of the big things that usually people who don't feel lucky or who feel unhappy go through is loneliness. And once uh, you can share with somebody the story of that they're not lonely and believe and actually listen to that narrative, it helps create a spark. And that spark creates energy, which then creates momentum to then follow something. Um, not saying that they end up following their own ideas, their own dreams, their own luck but it brings them a step further towards something as opposed to them staying where they're at and not thinking anything of it. All right, Corey, thank you so much for taking the time to oh, talk with me. Thank you for having me, man. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's all it is. It's all vibrations, yo. There you go. It's all vibrations. I think what Corey said makes a lot of sense. He said something along the lines of, if you put out the energy, you will inevitably receive it back. And I'm always thinking about how luck plays into this. Is it just kind of 
up to the gods to figure out if you end up getting that yacht or getting that job or finding your soulmate. It's all kind of in the stars, as some people would say. And I think one of the things that I um, I made in this was a radio drama. And it's I, I laugh a little bit because I think it's a juicy one. So this radio drama is an original story. It's told with music. It's told with sound effects. So you'll hear all of that, and it's going to try to transport you uh, to a different place. So I want you to think, close your eyes, imagine you're at the New England Aquarium uh, with your family, and you see a lot of little kids, a lot of family members, and they're all mobbing around. You know how the aquarium gets. It's kind of insane. And you get to the third floor, and you see the touch tank. And those tanks, they hold all types of sea creatures. And you look over, and you see this guy. So this starfish just sat there in the tank. The freckle 15-year-old boy told me, You can, like, touch them if you want. You know, I think this has to be a summer job right now. So you can just, like, lower your hand and scoop it gently, you know, like, almost like you're holding a baby, <laughs> but, like, it's star-shaped. Just be careful, man. This kid's droning on and on, but I already plunged my hand into the tank. And the cold salt water was giving me goosebumps. I could feel the tops of the starfish feeling like a Brillo pad, but a little softer. Okay, sir, please don't lift too much. I'm lifting it. Sir, please? I'm lifting it more. Sir. And I've caught the attention of the other teenager working here. Her eyes widen with confusion. Because I've lifted this starfish completely out of the tank. Stop right there. And now my tongue is completely out of my mouth. Big time, like way out there. Sir. And everything's going in slow motion. I can't hear anything. All I can see is this starfish inching closer to my face, to my tongue, and the slurp that I give it reverberates hard. The teenagers try to take the starfish out of my hand, but nah, B. I'm too tall. Get out of here. I did it, man. I lifted this off-pink starfish out the fake ocean it lives in, and I licked it. And then everything returns to normal. Kinda. Well, not really. I don't. I, I just licked the starfish. You know. I, I'm right now. I'm tripping. So I'm shoving children and disgusted parents out of the way. The employees are rushing to get out from behind the tank to stop me, but I'm running through the aquarium with the starfish in my hand, and I could feel the rush. Reading stuff online is always just awful, and this specific starfish supposedly gives you a jolt. I read that, and it was true, it did. I could feel the salt drip off my tongue, as it shot a wave of psychedelic pleasure down to my toes. And I'm just running. Get out the way, bro! I see security's been called. At this point, baby strollers hit the floor, and that, that's rude, I know, but... Fishes and tanks, I buzz by him, I give a starfish another lick, down two floors, nobody can stop me. There's magic in these tips. I can feel it curl in my hand, it's... Starfish is suffocating in the air. Sir, Sir stop. stop. Stop, stop right, right there. there. And I can hear them pounding the floor running towards me. The guard up front blocks the doors. and He's wearing a hat that says security, but 
doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't matter. My buzz is running through me. Starfish, bro. You can feel it. Uh, one more lick. Uh, I had to rush. But, but this time, it, it was too hard. I closed my eyes to blink, and it, 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 it was like an eternity. I'm on cloud nine, and I, I can never let go. Put the starfish down. Stop, sir. And, and, and this rush propels me. I'm midair, feeling like Jordan on steroids. Like pre-wizards, you know? I let a mean karate kick go. You don't know me, bro. Landed it on the security guard's chest. And this gotta be the dumbest day of work for this man. He falls back, opening the doors. I step out over the guard, feeling the starfish plead for water in my hand. So I'm running towards the dark outside, running as quick as I can. No security behind me at this point. I stop at the dock. I look down at the starfish. Necesito agua. You're going home, little fella, I promise. The wind is light, the waves beyond my vision are calm. I'm bubbling with the current of chemicals draining me. Ah, one last lick. How did we get here? I hurled the starfish out towards the harbor. It's freedom. Hands up, what the hell were you thinking? I could feel the guards place my hands behind my back. No slow-mo. Why would he do that? The teenagers ask each other. What a weirdo. I hear the guards ask them. Did he say anything to you? They ID me. That's weird, man. Like, yeah, it's him over there. There's a goofy look on my face. Oh, I'm banned from the aquarium. <laughs> man, it was, it was worth it. Just for that buzz. No, I'm never going to see that starfish again, but... Man, that was special. This piece features the voices of Christian Palma, Gabby Barroso, and Nick Shea and features sounds from freesound.org. Thank you to all the people who contributed their voice to that short. Um, the aquarium holds a lot of memories for me, and I look at that piece, and I look at it as kind of as a metaphor for, for feeling lucky, for feeling uh, privileged to have fallen in love, and for enjoying the rush for feeling selfish, and for inevitably having to let go. Um, so I think there's something really neat about that. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, so we've reached the third part of the show. This is the part of the show where I present to you a radio documentary. And in this episode, I present to you Philip's Mad Lucky, a short piece that highlights a story about a headstrong individual. And you'll get it when you listen to it. But this is a mix of... Uh, day in the life. It's a mix of uh, narration and um, it's all trying to tell the story about this guy. Back in 2004, I met this guy named Philip. Or maybe I did like, you know, anger the Scientology gods and that's why all these funny stories happen to me. I'm sorry, Xenu. <laughs> 
We took the same video production class at the Institute of Contemporary Art in Boston, and at the time, he seemed just like a regular guy to me. Um, I'm doing a survey, and I was wondering if I could borrow a bit of your time. Can you borrow time? Have you guys ever heard of Scientology? Scien what? Scientology. Nope, never heard of it. Well, Scientology is this amazing thing that gets rid of all your problems and puts your life back on track. Uh, well, uh, we gotta get going. That clip comes from a film he made called Saving the Light. It was a video based on the true story of me and my best friend, Lionel, having an encounter with a um, Scientologist. And it was during that production process of two years that I noticed that Philip seemed to be haunted. It took two years, not our fault. At one point, we shot everything the first year, and then it turns out there was a glitch with the audio. And it's funny, <laughs> we had a, a guest instructor who was helping us out with the audio, and after the fact, we found out that his parents were Scientologists. <laughs> so we were like, wait a minute, are you telling us that this guy like sabotaged our, our audio or something like that? Over the years, as we meet up for alumni events or gigs at the ICA, I'd hear stories just like this. Then, like, the guy starts going and threatening how he was going to beat up the security guard. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, he thinks he's all that because he has a gun. Like, well, I have a concealed permit, and so I, I can have a gun, too. And he starts lifting up his bag, and I'm like, no, no, you're in the bank, and you're yelling this out loud right now. What, are, what is wrong with you? And, like, he continues to threaten to beat up the guard. Funny stories that embrace the inevitable crash of a bad day, but with a smile. Here's another one. I was crossing railroad track, and my bike started wobbling. I guess my leg wobbled too hard, and it just I ended up spraining my meniscus. So I guess someone could see that as an accident. I don't. That's just my motorcycle, yeah. Um, Motorcycles are dangerous. They're fun, but they're dangerous. We were just like, what? <laughs> That's Connie. She's also an alumni of Fast Forward and has heard a lot of these stories. <laughs> Philip has the worst luck at all. Like every new phone comes cracked. It's like, okay, what's the next bad thing can happen? He's in a motorcycle accident. So it's like one thing after another. We're like, Philip, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a chilly February morning, and I meet up with Philip to shadow him for the day and talk about funny stories, why they happen, why he likes to tell them. And I myself, I believe in luck, and I believe things happen for a reason. So my hope is that if there's one person who can most plainly see luck for what it is, it's Philip. So we sit, and I ask him how he sees his life through the lens of luck and fortune. I don't really see it as fortune or luck, more so like just coincidences. What do you mean by that? I mean, things happen just when they happen. So it's just a coincidence that it happens at the same time something else is happening or when it's needed or when it's not needed. Huh. I'm not totally surprised by this, but I definitely miscalculated and I thought for a second that there'd be a chance that he believed in it. Philip doesn't believe in luck. He believes in coincidence. And I feel like at this point, I'm not sure where this story is going. What are you doing today? What's the, what's the scenario today? What do you have to do? Well, today I have a couple of things to do. I have to go re I have to go pick up new plates from a motorcycle. Um, I have to open up a safe deposit box. Uh, and I also have to get some 3D parts printed for engineering project number. So I'm taking this, this story, this whole scenario as a challenge because luck to me is everywhere and it happens all the time. So 
I'm gonna prove it to Philip that it's for real. We have to go pick up his motorcycle plates at the DMV. And the DMV is a beautiful place that you should always come and visit on your day off. Um, you know this, I know this, and Philip seems to love this place. So we take an Uber over to it and Philip trades stories with the driver. And we find out that this dude is actually a biker as well. And he gives Philip some advice right when we pull up to the DMV. Do yourself a favor and just sell that bike, get a new one. No, he said something else too. It's haunted. It's haunted. <laughs> bike <laughs> yeah he was a bike rider he was telling me about his um trials and tribulations on his own bike he, he can tell us a crazy story about how he spun out in texas That's, ah. <laughs> we're going in we're going in we're going in just got hit by a bunch of ice are you good <laughs> there you go that's that's god saying like you know what you guys <laughs> so now i'm going to present to you exhibit a of philip's bad luck his motocicleta bro I mean, so many things happened. Um, so I got the motorcycle back in 2014. So I asked him about his first accident, and it happened on American Legion Highway, which is a long stretch you can zip down quickly on, and he's doing just that. Out of nowhere, this white truck cuts me off. And then the light above, it's, it just turned yellow, enough for me to be able to just go by. Of course, I'm slowing down, but I'm thinking I'm going to be able to beat the light. But this out of nowhere, this truck hits the brakes. So I hit the brake, and I end up popping like a, I think it's called a stoppy when you do a front wheelie. I get thrown off the bike. The bike, like, does a flip. I do a flip in the air. The bike lands on its side. I land on the ground. I'm rolling. Not laughing rolling, but, but rolling. But, like, hurt rolling. Um, I actually, miraculously enough, I was not hurt. The only damage to me was a button popped off my suit. But yeah, that was my first accident on my motorcycle. Philip's life <laughs> is a thing that needs to be protected. <laughs> I mean, I don't see me dealing with it as anything special. Just things happen. Things happen. That's what he's saying. Nothing more. And I'm just sitting here still puzzled why he's thinking this way. He wraps up at the DMV and coincidentally, he doesn't have the sufficient paperwork to actually get his plates. So I'm gonna backtrack because he has another item on his to-do list. And at the start of the day, we go to the bank so he can open a safety deposit box. And he actually works at a bank too. I know, but I like doing it old school. I'm one of those folks. So I present to you exhibit B of Phil's bad luck, the bank. Don't say that, because that's actually, uh, I'm not licensed to do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I point people in the right direction. Let's just say that. <laughs> so I asked him about the second bank robbery, in which he met the bank robber in line just moments before he'd robbed them. What? No, he didn't tell me that. Oh, <laughs> But I asked the guy, hey, what do you need to do? Just said I need a cash check. But, like, he was very adamant that he wanted to talk to the tellers, so... I guess the guy came in, he handed over a note that said something along the lines of, um, give me $10,000 in hundreds or I'll kill you. Meanwhile, he had the hugest smile on his face. 
very nice looking. I yeah. mean, like, I looked at the footage afterwards, and I was like, I guess she handed over, like, what she had in terms of hundreds, and she didn't really have that much hundreds. She doesn't keep that much money. We don't keep that much money on our in the drawers, because if we get robbed, then we're pretty much screwed. And it's funny when you look at the footage when she hands over the the money, his facial reaction <laughs> is completely changed to like, yeah, I'm about to be 10K, 10K. richer. Oh, I did this for $400. Mm. Crap. Yeah, and um, like he was like he was visibly upset that he wasn't getting that much money. Um, looking back, I had a full-on conversation with this guy. Yeah. And that didn't deter him from possibly, you know, maybe this isn't the place I should rob. Yeah. Um, Talking with him, I start to realize that I'm not getting through to him, and it, this is not going to work. He keeps thinking that it's just another story to tell. A prime example of this is that we went earlier in the beginning of the day to the Roxbury Innovation Center to 3D print a part for one of his engineering projects, and this happens. Oh, snap, these are totally 3D printers. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are all created from the resin. Do you have the SDL file? Funny enough, I forgot my flash drive. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. You have it backed up online? No, no, I was okay. in a rush to come see him. I was trying to... So fast forward to the present. Here, we're at the library after the DMV, and nothing on his to-do list has been accomplished. There's no 3D printed parts. There's no safety deposit boxes in his name. There are no motorcycle plates in front of us. And none of it has to do with Bad luck. Just got out the DMV. Just a little annoying that I had to wait for so long. <laughs> just kicked the chair. Yeah, I'm just trying to stretch out my leg. <laughs> we talk, and the conversation returns to the Uber driver and what he said, what he was talking about, and how it connected to him. I mean, we all have stories to tell. It's an interesting one. I'm sure he was interested in after finding out. I mean, finding out that we're bikers. Yeah, I guess it's a biker mentality or something. <laughs> I mean, you're alive, you're enjoying life, you can't really complain about anything much. Just exchanging war stories, I guess. And we found out he, like, scraped his head <laughs> on his motorcycle accident. Yeah. I scraped my leg. Uh, maybe that's kind of the thing. We all have things happen to, our, to us. It's just a matter of um, when and how. And also how you react to it. Yeah. He brings up a good point. Maybe I'm just too stuck on this idea of luck, trying to prove it to him, and that would somehow prove that luck is in my life as well. And maybe that just isn't the point. Yeah, I feel like he just kind of like, this is my life. Like, this is what happens with it. Well, to be fair, I'm a pretty unlucky person too. But at this point in my life, I've kind of just dealt with it. So like... Whenever I see the number 13 or something like that, it's like, ah, oh, it's just a number. Just embrace it. Maybe that bad number is my lucky number. Luck, coincidence, things happen, fate. These are just ways we make sense of life. So later on, when we're reflecting on the experiences we've had, we can better understand our own goals and see how maybe we were overwhelmed or how we overcome the obstacles that are in our paths. And that's what I saw in Philip because it took him two years, but he made a 10-minute movie. And so what? He didn't get his plates, but now he knows what to bring in next time. His bank got robbed twice, but he still gets up every morning to go to work. 
and he's not selling that bike even though other people might think it's cursed because it's just a piece of metal that goes very fast. So I think Connie said it best when she said this. Yeah, it's good to have like a positive view on things just so you can live. Let me live! <laughs> I asked Philip what he's going to do now. What's his next goal? What does he want to do? And he tells me he's going to get his pilot's license. That's the next step. That's, that's the next series of interesting stories. <laughs> the next step is... Yeah, that time when I crashed a plane in the middle of the night. <laughs> this radio story featured a clip from Saving the Light, produced by Lionel Blaze Jr. and Philip Cadet, with music from Free Music Archive by Anonymous420, Axeltree, Drake Stafford, and Soft and Furious. Also, I want to give a very special thanks to Brittany Thomas, Connie Yip, my whole family, Zoomix Radio, and to Philip for letting me run around with him and make this uh, documentary. Thank you very much, man. Uh, right before I leave you for this uh, program, I want to bring up one more thought, and it came from a guy you, you heard earlier. His voice was in the Starfish um, radio piece, and he is actually not running around stealing Starfish. He's an illustrator, and he's a musician, and he's a pretty cool guy. Um, and I think he said some stuff to me that kind of really encapsulated what this episode feels like. You want to just introduce yourself? My name is Nick Shea. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that's your name. Um, so Nick, uh, tell me, what what do you do? You have any thoughts on on feeling lucky? I I think that I've been a very lucky person for uh, in in my life, um, because I am am give like I I think luck comes from some some higher being. I don't know what the higher being is. Uh, for some, it might be God, uh, Buddha. It might just be just space you know whatever whatever people believe in i'm not sure what i believe in but just some higher higher being that i think that's creating luck but not on its own i think what i'm giving in like the work that i'm putting in towards myself or towards my goals that higher beings like all right man i see you i'm gonna inch that inch that your way and then you do what you want with that um so i mean i think i think a lot of my luck comes it, it's 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 a two-way street I, what i put in I'm I'm getting I'm getting something else out of. Um, I've been very lucky with a lot of things in my life. Do you remember a moment when you were lucky? Like, it's just in general, like something just kind of came out of nowhere, and you're like, "What?" I was working at a deli, and I hated it, and it was it was just just mind numbing. Um, I couldn't stand it, and I remember one night I was laying in bed. I was like, "Just please, just." I need something else. I don't know who I'm saying please to, but I'm I'm just talking to myself. Just give me something else. The next day, I get a call from uh, someone at the ICA, the museum that I've been attending for years, and they were like, hey, man, do you want a job uh, teaching writing and poetry? I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of working this deli right now. Like, is it going to work? They're like, oh, you can quit that job. Like, you, you're not going to need that job. I was like, really? And like, we calculated it, and I was like, I don't need this job. So that was really lucky, like where I was able to meet these people prior in my life and then, you know, hold up a relationship with them and then 
uh, in a moment where I was in need of something, they were able to to be there for me. It was like serendipity in a way. Yeah. So from thinking about what Corey said in the beginning about vibes to uh, just doing what you want and snatching up some starfishes to understanding that maybe luck isn't real and it's just maybe a thing we talk about to understand our own lives. Um, If you're listening right now, I hope that you got something out of it and that maybe it sparked something interesting so that you could like start the day or continue it. Um, And I think what I'm trying to say is that, you know, whatever you say to yourself to, to make something work out in your brain, you know, I do it with, with a, the ounce of hope, a pound of hope, maybe like 10,000 pounds of hope um, because there's always going to be another day. And I think if you are trudging through today, which is Friday the 13th, and you're thinking that everything's going to go wrong, then you might just find that. But if you go today all around and you start realizing that things are just kind of amazing, and that's, that's going to be great. It's going to be a great Friday the 13th. This is Life, That's It. And my name is Renee Dongo. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Does It. Please leave a review on iTunes. And if you have any feedback, contact Renee at Dongo Song via social media. You can find this show and past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for Life Does It. That's L-I-F-E, Life, D-A-S-I-T, Does It. Does It.